welcome you, saints of the living God, who share in the same precious faith of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God. May the peace and the blessings of our Father, the Father of glory, and our Lord Jesus Christ abide with you and the church that is in your house. This is one of the series that will be coming your way as part of the Word Encounter outline for the Church in the House model. In this edition of the Church in the House event, the theme is the House of Prayer, and the text is taken from Luke chapter 19, verses 45 and 46. Specifically, verse 46 says, It is written, My house is the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. Brethren, the key point, the expectations, or the learning from this year's event is making our home, our household, the house of prayer. However, for this first series, we shall do a recap of the concept, the idea of the church in the house. We have to do this. This is very necessary, and we have to do it to correct some misleading falsehood and it will also help us to re-establish our understanding that the church in the house is a principle. It's a pattern of life in the kingdom of God. The church in the house is a command or a commandment that we must diligently give attention to in order to bring our families into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So looking at our study outline, the title says the concept of the church in the house, the first paragraph. We have pointed out some of the weaknesses and lapses facing the church of today. This has affected the true meaning and the essence of the church established by God. Brethren, we observe that there is a lot of misconception of the true meaning of the word church or church as ordained by God. Men are carrying ideas that are not correct. We are carrying beliefs founded in error, misrepresentation, and misunderstanding of God's will, of God's purpose, of God's intention concerning the church that Christ says, I am going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give to my church the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever the bound here on earth remains bound, whatever the loose here on earth remains loosed. This misconception is as a result of various forms of misrepresentation, something deliberately done, bringing something that is not correct, changing the course of the truth. So today what we see in the church is different from the church of the kingdom of heaven. What we see is different from what Christ came for. The church built by Jesus Christ is being misrepresented, even in the midst of believers. And the world is also seeing us from that angle. Now in the church, you observe what I call identity crisis. You can no longer easily point out a Christian from those who do not believe in the gospel of Jesus. There's no remarkable difference. But I know that light and darkness cannot be compared. That's why they can also not be yoked together. You can't mix them. It's not possible. But we are seeing something different today. There's so much blending of iniquity with what looks like holiness. We see more of carnal people in the church. They cannot be a kingdom fruit. 
people who walk after the flesh. Paul observed it in the, in the Corinthian church. And he said to them, Are ye not carnal? For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, he asked them a question, Are you not carnal? If you walk like this, you walk like men. Are you not living the natural life? That's why you look at the church, it looks as if it's a very weak place. It's not. Jesus said to them in Matthew 23, He said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto white sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all unrighteousness or cleanliness. That's what we look like. You see us, we look holy. You see us, we wear titles. We carry titles. We look like children of God. We smile like children of God. We try to walk like children of God. But indeed, what is inside is not reflecting what people see outside. We don't bear that fruit. The power of holiness is not there. The righteousness we claim to carry is not what is actually working in us. So you see that blend. You see that blend. Outwardly, we look, we look holy, but inwardly, we carry dead men's bones. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, describing what is happening, he says, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, the power of the new life. Jesus said, as many as received me, as many as believe in me, I gave them power to become sons. That power is not there. But we look godly outside. According to Titus chapter 1 verse 16, we profess to know God. When it comes to prayer, we cry more than everybody. But in works, in living out life of Christ, we deny God. There is nothing godly in us. There is no fruit, no fruit. The church today is like an association, a gathering of people with divided interests. Some are coming for what they will get out of the system. Some are coming to build their business association. Many are not interested in the things of God. Brethren, let me also let us know that some have turned the church into a theater of worldliness. Where the works of the flesh is being exhibited in a new name. The love of the world, which is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life. As the world is progressing in their sin, the church is going after them. For every new fashion, we bring it to the church. For anything the world is doing, we are not satisfied until we bring it to the church. The church is following the world. The church has brought in comedy into the church. Where people will use the word of God standing on the altar of God and use the word of God to make caricature for people to laugh. God have mercy and God will forgive us. We follow after the world's traditions. We follow after the rudiments of the world. The things they do, we learn from them. We learn from their school. We learn from their fashion. We learn from their entertainment. We have made the church the den of thieves. Jesus stood against this. He said, my house is the house of prayer. My house ought to be called the house of prayer. But you have made it the den of thieves. You have made it a place of merchandise where the highest bidder becomes an elder. 
where the highest bidder becomes a deacon. You earn respect if you have money. You can have the scripture, but because you don't have money, you are relegated to the background. Special seats are reserved for some people in the church. Special titles are given to some. So you see a lot of worship of mammon and not God. There are so much implications of these things we are doing. The love of many have gone down. Many are now following the rudiments of the world system because they are not seeing any difference. If they come into the church, they see the same thing. We have lost fellowship with our families. We have lost fellowship among ourselves. We have lost fellowship with God. Church is now a matter of routine. I just have to be there. It's something that has to happen every Sunday. The church is full of social activities now. Tribalism, politicking, we are producing on a daily basis unbelievers. People who came with hope, believing that there is perfection in Christ. Believing that there are riches in the body of Christ. Believing the values of the kingdom. Believing the glorious nature of the kingdom. They, they were hungry and they came. But today we have turned so many into unbelievers. Many don't believe that holiness is possible anymore. People say, no, there's no way for perfection. And they have their excuses for this. So we tell you, look, we are still in the flesh. We are still flesh and blood. But can I announce to you, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Yes, that's why you can't get what God has planned for you. That's why you can't get to that ultimate. That's why you can't live in glory. Because you are still living in flesh. You are still living in your blood. When somebody says there is no more holiness, and somebody says perfection is no longer possible, you are an unbeliever. Or you are saying that God is lying because God said, Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. When Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But it is no longer I that live, but the life I live now is Christ that liveth in me. He said, what you see me manifest in the flesh is Christ in me. Paul was not talking from heaven. The new life is living. He's here on earth. It was when he was on earth that he was talking to us that the life I live now is the faith of Christ Jesus. He said, Christ is living in me. You know, that was perfection. It's possible here on earth. But we have decided to produce people that don't believe. If you don't believe in God, how will you worship him? We have replaced the faith in God with the faith in men. We have decided to go after the enticing words of men's wisdom and not the gospel of Jesus. All that we seek in the body of Christ is breakthrough miracles. We don't seek the kingdom. We don't seek the righteousness of God. People come just for what they will get out of the system. Brethren, because of what is happening in the body of Christ today, we have lost the glorious inheritance. We are losing it. It's not showing that unsearchable riches in Christ that Paul described for us in Ephesians. Where is it? That unspeakable gift of God that we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Where is it? In Colossians chapter 1, if you read 12 and 13, we're saying here, God will give you thanks because you have qualified us 
to be partakers, to take part, to participate, to be part of the inheritance that you have packaged for those who are your children. Where is this inheritance? Verse 13 says, He delivered us out of the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus. Why are we still under bondage? The simple fact that we are not following his ways. We have lost track of his ways. We are like, you know, the, the, the parable of the seed, that seed that fell upon thorns. The Bible says the thorns choked it and the seed bearing not fruit. What are these thorns? The cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. We run after money in the morning. We run after money in the afternoon. We run after money in the night. And yet we claim we don't love money. But what controls your day is money. And yet you don't love money. The cares of this world we want to meet up with the standards of this world. And the Bible says, because of all of this, he said, this seed beareth not fruit. That's why it looks as if nothing is happening. No, we have decided to make our heart the place of thorns. We carry things inside we are not supposed to carry. They choke that word, that word of life, and we become unfruitful. We labor like the way the world labors. Rather than labor in righteousness, we labor like they labor just to eat bread and drink. We lost it. Not just that we lost it, it also gave the enemy an opportunity to have a field day. He's having a field day. We have seen transgressions, iniquities enthroned, worldliness as, at, at a peak. The church becomes an abode of falsehood, mystery, weakness, and bondage. Of course, as usual, many of us will always tell you these are the signs of the end time. I agree with you, truth is the signs of the end time. These things are bound to happen. But is this sufficient excuse for us? Because I also know that the Bible says that in the end time, there will be a demonstration of the kingdom fruit and power of life and glory as a witness to the dying world. Jesus warned, if you look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto the nations, and then the end shall come. So as we are hearing earthquakes, as we are, we are seeing sicknesses and diseases, the kingdom is to be demonstrated as a witness, not just speaking it, no, leaving it out for the nations to see it. And say, Jesus said, this will surely happen before the end will come. So as you have your excuses that what is happening today is as a result of end time. Also know that part of the end time plan is the demonstration of glory, is the demonstration of godliness for men to see. So that in judgment they will have themselves to blame. Now looking at our outline, the next statement in our outline, if you look at that second point in the paragraph one, I quote, but as sons of the kingdom, 
This is far from the truth. The church is the family of God, distinguished by the visible fullness of Christ Jesus. What are we seeing here? That all we have seen happening in the church is not the true church. It's not the reflection of the church that Jesus built. We're saying it is not. It is not. It's not the truth. It's far from the truth. The truth is that the church is the family. The church is the people of God. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the son of God. The church is the bride of Christ. There is something that distinguishes them. There is something you must see in them. There is a life we must see. In Ephesians 1, 22-23, the Father had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Jesus has dominion over everything created. Jesus is the head of all things for the church and the church is the body of christ is the body of jesus christ what makes the church the body of christ is the full nature of christ in the body is the full essence of christ in us that is what makes us a body the head cannot carry righteousness and the body will carry iniquity no the head cannot be holy. Body will be transgression. The head cannot be merciful. And the body will be wicked. The head cannot be love. And the body will be hatred. No. If the head is love, because the head is part of the body and the body is part of the head, then love flows into the entire system. The system is full of love. If the head is righteousness, the entire system is righteousness. So the church is the body of Christ. In other words, the church carries the fullness of what the head is carrying. That is the fullness of Christ. If it's not showing in us, it's not there. Simple. So if the head is Righteousness and life. Jesus said, I am resurrection, I am life. The Bible says in John chapter 1, 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and the life was light unto men. The light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. In John 6, 48, the Bible says, I am the true bread of life. In other words, the head is life. The head is resurrection. The head is light. Light to the world. The head is the bread of life. If the head is the bread of life, if the head is the life of God, then the body will be the life of God. The Bible says Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. If Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God, the body will be the power and the wisdom of God. If he is our wisdom, he is our righteousness, he is our sanctification, he is our redemption, then the body should be redeemed, the body will be sanctified, the body will carry righteousness, and the body will carry wisdom. We are his fullness. We have received this peace. We have received this joy. Long suffering will run in us. Gentleness will run in us. Goodness will run in us. 
Faith and meekness, temperance will run in us. Let's also look at Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 22. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God? Talking of Christ. That Christ is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. He became our role model. He became our sample. He became our firstborn. Anybody that must come to God must align to that firstborn. You must align to that nature. You must align to that kind of creature for you to be in the family of God. Verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. If he is the firstborn from the dead, we also have resurrected and conquered death in him. For it pleased the Father that in him should dwell all fullness. If all fullness dwells in the head, all fullness should also dwell in the body. Before Jesus came, before he died and resurrected, we were separated from God. There was a curtain separating us, a veil separating us. And that veil is our wicked works. But the Bible says that Christ reconciled us. How did he reconcile us? The Bible says, in the body of his flesh through death, to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. He did not only through death knock off the old man, knock off carnality, knock off the old nature. He brought us into a new life so that we will be holy, we will be unblameable, no sin, no righteousness, no transgressions. We will be unreprovable just the way when he walked the earth. They were not able to rebuke, rebuke him. They were, they, they were not able to find one single sin against him. If he is the head, the body should be the same. You know, when he was on earth, he said, The prince of this world cometh, but he had nothing in me. If they have nothing in him, they will have nothing in us now. Praise be to the Lord. Let's look at the final scripture there. Ephesians 2, 18-22. He said, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And therefore we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So there is something that made us children of God. There is something that qualified us to be children of God. There is something that made us not to be strangers anymore. There's something that made us not to be foreigners anymore. You know, when you are a stranger, you look for a connection to come in. But he says, when we come through Christ and through the access of one spirit, he says, we are fellow citizens. We are citizens of God's kingdom. That's why we are the church of God. The church is the son. The church is the bride. The church is the body of Christ. Paul said, I am crucified in Christ, nevertheless I live. But the life I live now is no longer I, it's Christ living in me. It is only the nature of Christ that brings us into the kingdom. It's not the money you have in the account. It's not the money you are making. It's not the religion you are practicing. It's not because you belong to any denomination. It's not because your church is the first church that started. It's not because your pastor is the greatest pastor in the world. No. It is the nature of Christ in you. Therefore, my brethren, in our next lesson coming soon, how, is, how do we come into this nature? We are going to see all of that.
And my prayer for you is that the Almighty God will grant you grace for a glorious church in your house. That your family, your family will be counted among the families named under God. May God richly bless you. Thank you.